So I would say fear. And that's, that's anything in any of most of our lives is fear holds us back from our dreams because we don't realize that once we let that fear go away, we can achieve so many things and we can become so more elevated than we already are because we're giving up the fear. So we're not giving into it and holding ourselves back. We're giving it up to whoever, higher powers, the world, the universe, whatever you want to give it up to and stepping outside of our comfort zone and growing. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking to Jessica Abernathy, who is a pet sitting industry expert and current president of the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, also known as NAPS. Jessica has a ton of great stories to share about getting started as a pet sitter, and she tells me what she wishes she did differently from the beginning. One thing she wishes she knew about sooner is NAPS. I was so interested to hear about the wealth of info and resources they offer to their members, including certification for pet sitters and also a pet parent membership level. Jessica also talks about the number one thing that prevents most people from growing their pet industry business. It might not be what you think it is. Listen to find out. Before we get started, though, I have a question for you. Do you get my weekly podcast emails? I send emails every Wednesday about that week's new episode. When there are relevant links and bonus materials, those go in the emails too. It's the best way to stay updated on the show and continue growing your pet-inspired dreams. Get on the list at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. Jessica Abernathy is the original pet sitter in the greater Chicago area, caring for all pets, big and small, like they are her own. Before starting her pet sitting business in 2008, Jessica was the owner of a successful hair salon in Chicago. Every so often, a client would ask her to watch their pets over long weekends. Those requests became more frequent, and before she knew it, Jessica's entrepreneurial spirit kicked in and Professional Pet Sitters, Inc. was formed. Jessica is a big proponent of continued education in the pet industry and is often appearing on podcasts like this or local and national programming. In 2012, Jessica joined the National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, also known as NAPS, and is now their current president. Her mission is to educate pet sitters to fortify professionalism in the pet industry, pet sitting industry. The love of Jessica's life is her dog, Teddy, a rescue who has a big social media following for himself. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you on here. We said right before we started recording that we feel like we've known each other for years, but we've never really met. <laughs> oh, but we know each other well. Yes. <laughs> we know everything about each other, but we've never met. <laughs> That's so, the the social media. You know, you can I, people and not get in trouble for it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like a free game for stalking. Um, 
but in, but in a good way, in the best possible way, business stalking. Um, so tell us a little bit, some things I did not know about you are that you used to have a career in the airline industry, that you owned a beauty salon, that you have done all kinds of different things. So tell us, if you don't mind, a little bit about your life before pet sitting and um, you know how things have changed since you got into the world of pets. So I started, my first career was in the airlines. Um, I worked at customer service, you know, that, that young lady that you come up when you have your bags and you're ready to go on your trip. I was that young lady where I worked at the gates, you know, got you on the airplanes. I did that. I worked my way up into management. I was a flight attendant for about a year and a half while I was a manager at the airlines that I was working with. And um, I loved it. It was a fun career. It was something I wanted to do because I wanted to travel in my twenties. And I had a great life in my twenties. I traveled everywhere and had a good time, but I got laid off, you know, just due to circumstances. And I knew I was going to get laid off. So I was trying to think of something else to do. And, um, I went to beauty school while I was still working for the airlines and I got my nail license. So I'm a licensed nail tech still am. Um, I haven't done it in a couple of years, but I still am. So, um, I did that for, I started in 98 as a nail tech and I sold the salon in 2011. So I did that for quite a few years and I loved it. I love, I love doing it. I love the gossiping. I love the chit chatting with the people and my clients started asking me to take care of their animals. And so I started doing that on the side and I did that for probably five years before I formed my business. And I realized that I could make more money in the pet industry and there's less complaints you know, so and very seldom does Fido complain about the fact that we went for a 19 minute walk versus a 21 minute walk. Okay. Whereas, you know, if the right shade of red didn't go on their nails, you know, I had to repaint them in the right shade. So I started that, um, just a little bit on my own and I liked it and I really enjoyed it. And after about five years, I realized that I wanted to make the transition and leave the beauty industry and start in the pet industry. And, I opened up officially um, professional pet sitters after that. And awesome. I, I love doing it. Well, it's funny that you worked in the travel industry and the airline industry so you could travel and go on all these trips and, and do fun things. And then you became the person who helped the people who were going on the trips. <laughs> so it's very full circle. It is. It is. It's, it's like I've worked in every aspect of it pretty much. So yeah. And I'm sure all of that customer service and dealing with people at the airport who are frustrated um, comes in very handy with working with pet parents. It does. I can honestly say I've been cussed out in every language. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that there were swear words that began with a Z, but there are. So um, yeah, but working with people and trying to make people understand, like, I'm sorry that, but if the pilots don't want to fly in the bad weather, you don't either you know, like trying to communicate. So my communication skills were improved on. Um, my customer service skills were completely improved on because that's all you do is deal with customer service there at the airline. So that helped out a lot. And I'm a, I'm a caretaker. I like taking care of people. So it just was the next step moving into the pet industry. Yeah. So it, it seems like they're all totally not related, but when you talk about it, they are, there is a common thread. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is. It's people traveling, people taking care of your home life while they are traveling. And it's customer service is something that in the last, I'll say five, six years has gone away. 
and those of us that are in business for ourselves and show a bit of customer service and show our customers some kind of compassion are going to go further than people that don't. You know, I mean, stay in touch with your customers is huge, you know, especially after this wonderful year we had last year, 2020, where, you know, none of us got to see anybody for, you know, 18 months or now 15 months, I think it's been now that we haven't been able to really do anything with anybody, but staying in touch with your customers and just showing them customer service, even when they're not using you, takes you a long way. And that's something that, you know, we talk with our students, you know, because I do business coaching now too. And that's something we talk with our students that you have to stay in touch and you got to show that you care and, and just the basic customer service needs. Yeah, I love that you point out, you know, keeping in touch with them and serving them even when they're not actively purchasing something from you because it's all about that relationship. And when they do need something or someone, they'll think of you. Exactly. You know, that's why you want to stay in touch with them. I mean, they're not they're not necessarily always a dollar figure. They are humans. They are their pets become your part of your family. You know, everybody in my um, company, a lot of them refer to me as Auntie Jess. So, you know, there'll be, you know, there'll be a note like, hi, Auntie Jess, we're so glad that you stopped by. Or one of my sitters that work for me, you know, Auntie Gwen's coming to visit today and they get super excited. So we become family with these, you know, these folks. And this last year has been rough on us because we haven't seen our family members that we consider family, but we've stayed in touch so that they know that we still love and care. Yeah. Wonderful. So I want to kind of ask you a question now about when you first got started in pet sitting, because, you know, you said that you started it on the side and it just kind of organically grew. And that's kind of similar for my business and my blog. I started it just as a hobby on the side and it organically grew. And if I had started it intentionally to be a business, I would have done things a lot differently. So what would you have maybe done differently or, or, or what do you wish you knew when you were first starting doing this on the side? I wish I would have started it as a business and not as a a side hobby. You know what I mean? I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have found naps sooner so that way I could work on my education. I'm really big on staying educated. Even in my other job in the beauty industry, I, I, you know, did all the education, you know, I took the classes and, you know, like if something new came out, I was, you know, signing up right away to be in the class to learn about it and keep myself on top of everything. I do that with naps. You know what I mean? Naps is Uh, National Association of Professional Pet Sitters, we're big on education. So we're always got webinars and different things about, you know, on how to be the best of our best in our industry and stay leaders in our industry. So I'm always about educating. I wish I would have found it sooner than I did. And um, like I said, that would that and I wish I would have found I would have started my business as a business, not as a hobby right away. So what kind of, I know you said webinars and and different kind of resources, but like exactly what kind of continuing education does NAPS offer? Like what, what are the, some of the topics of the webinars? So we're doing one actually tonight. (laughs) Well, tonight for day of recording. recording. Yeah. (laughs) So when this comes out, it'll be a couple weeks now. Um, But we're doing one um, for pet parents. We actually have a pet parent program in NAPS. So we're doing a recording with the chair of the pet parent program. And we're educating pet parents on like what NAPS can help them with. We had one um, a month ago or two ago with with some people from SCORE and helping us grow our businesses. We have them with social media experts. Uh, We have them with business coaches. We have them with different people in the industry. Um, 
that are just to help elevate us and make us better business owners, which I like. We do conferences. We're getting ready to put together our conference. Um, the conference committee is working on it. It's going to be September 25th and 26th this year. It's going to be two days. And we're going to have, th- I believe, three or four speakers a day. Don't quote me because the, they haven't told me officially, but I know I'm a little bit as the president. I got a little bit of it. I'll have to check out the website. <laughs> so we have that coming up, which is always fun. And it's going to be online this year again, which is great. So, you know, we're going to work on, you know, I always go to the conferences just because I like to learn. So that's another way we have forms with our, with the membership of NAPS, you know, you get all our newsletter comes out um, quarterly, which is awesome. We have a great editor who works with us and stuff. So we're working on the spring issue right now. Um, We just had the meeting last week for that. So that has great articles in it, like tips and tricks and um, more information. So that's always fun. We have all kinds of forms, over 80 or 90 forms on our website for business owners to use in their business. They don't cost anything extra. It's part of your membership. All the webinars that we have, we have a whole library of all the webinars that we've been doing. Um, I've been president for, this is my fourth year. So literally we go back all the four years and, and beyond, and you can listen to any of the webinars. So that's all there for you to read or listen to. We do um, all kinds of stuff. We do special meetings and or webinars if we get somebody. We have um, connections. We have partners, great partners. We partner with like Time to Pet, which is a software system. We partner with um, the Orion Group, which is the Stratford Group. I think that's what they go about. The Orion Test is one of the tests that you do when you're hiring somebody to find out whether or not they're going to be a good fit for you or they're going to steal from you or they're going to be a bad person. So that's a great resource for us here at NAPS. We um, partner with FetchFine, which is an education program, um, Jamie McDowell's group. So we do that. We um, work with all kinds of people. Uh, Dog TV is one of our partners. So we do that. So we give those resources to all pet parent or pet business owners uh, as a member of NAPS, which is, it's great. You know, it's yeah. a great resource. Yeah. It sounds like it's full of, of tons of things. You could probably spend hours when you yeah. first sign up going through everything. Yeah. Um, so that's like, it sounds like it's a lot about growing your business from like a qualifications or certifications perspective. Are there a lot of certifications that you need that are required to be a pet sitter or um, are they kind of optional and are they, are they expensive if someone's just getting started? Well, um, that's not mandated by any state rules or anything that you'd be certified. Um, but we, we encourage everybody to be certified we have a certification. It's, it's like 600 questions. It takes, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40 hours. It depends on how fast you can read. You got there's a lot of reading materials in there. So, um, that's good. And once you become certified, we require that you do CEUs to stay certified. So we do that. And our CEUs are a mixture of education and volunteering. We really like encourage everybody to volunteer and give back into their communities and stuff like that. Do food drives, work with a shelter, you know, just make sure you're giving back. I mean, we're all about sharing the love. I'm a big believer in reaching out when I need help. 45 minutes with an expert can save me hours or even months of work. Do you feel like you hit a wall with what you can figure out on your own? Or do you have an idea that you really need to bounce off someone who gets pet parents? I'm now offering one-on-one coaching to give you the help you need 
to spend less time working and more time with your pet. These coaching sessions are designed to help you with your marketing, social media strategy, goal setting, and overall vision for the impact you make in the lives of pets and their people. Learn more and book a call with me. All the info can be found at wherewagrepeat.com slash courses. And as always, if you have any questions about if this is right for you, just reach out and ask. You know where to find me. So now, okay, I told you, I think before we started that I don't know anything about pet sitting. So <laughs> I, I'm learning a lot already. Um, and, and one question that comes to mind for me as someone who's, who's not really involved in this area is, what's the difference between starting a pet sitting business versus a dog walking business? Is, it, is there a lot of overlap or do you consider them to be really different? Kind of like fruit, you know, you got an apple and an orange. They're both fruit, but they're different fruits. So it's kind of the same way. Pet sitting and dog walking, a lot of companies out there, pet sitting companies are both. They do pet sitting, which means that they take care of people that travel and they do midday dog walking and they do cat care and all that stuff. Some people that um, focus just on midday dog walking, that would just be a dog walking company. So it's all in the same family. It's just what services you offer. So the dog walking companies, um, I have a, I have a student that, um, is in North Carolina, I believe. And she just does midday dog walking. That's her focus is midday dog walking. She doesn't do any pet sitting or overnight stuff like that, but she's still a pet sitting company. It's just what her services are that they offer. And there are so many different types of services that you can offer in the pet sitting world. Um, I have students that own just cat only businesses and they don't deal with dogs at all. And I have people that just have dog only business and they don't deal with cats at all or small. I know people that have just exotics. So they only deal with reptiles, birds, all that kind of fun stuff. So they just deal with the exotic. Now, mind you, they might take care of a dog or cat every once in a while, but their main focus is the exotics, which is really cool. That's very cool. Different things that you can focus on. It's what you want your life to be and what you want your business to be. And you have to make that decision. Yeah. And I've also seen people starting to offer, um, you know, pet transport, you know, to take them to vet or just pick them up and maybe drop them at daycare or something. I mean, there's so many different things you can do. Yeah. And the only thing I'm going to say about pet transport is make sure that your city, state or county, whatever it is, doesn't require that you have a taxi license. A lot of states are now saying that you need to have a taxi license or a transportation license. So that's something that you need to consider when you're going into it. It's not something that you can automatically just start, you know, throwing a dog in the back of your car and taking it somewhere. So those are things that you need to consider when you are going into that. Also, when you start boarding in your home, a lot of counties, states, and I say it that way because each state has got one requirement. A county might have another requirement. A city might have a third requirement. So you have to kind of like figure out where you are and what those are. But a lot of the states require that you have a kennel license in order to board at your home. And so you have to get inspected yearly. Like we have to get inspected yearly at my house so that um, through it's through the Department of Agriculture. So to prove that my house is fit to have dogs in it. Um, I did at one point have a doggy daycare and I had to get... Um, approved by them also to board dogs and have a, you know, daycare building and stuff. That's good. I mean, it seems like a lot of hoops to jump through, but for pet parents, you know, it's a lot of peace of mind. It like, there's some overriding body looking at things. Correct. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's some, you know, there's some and there's not, I mean, there's some, but there's not a lot, but there is some. That's why you want to go with a professional. Um, if you're a pet parent, we always tell you to go to our website, um, which is petsit. Um, petsitters.org and we have find a pro, you know what I mean? You want to go with a professional and that's important. Now, one of the things you got to take into consideration, you are going to pay more for a professional because we are licensed. We're bonded. We've taken the educations that we need. You know, we, we run a business, you know what I mean? And a lot of our people, a lot of our um, business owners have employees. So you got to pay minimum wage. And one of the things that a lot of people don't realize when they're like, oh, I just need you to spend the night with Fido. Well, we have to pay these people to sleep, you know, so because that's what the state rules are. So that's why we cost more because we're running a legitimate and and well, uh, well put together business, if that makes right. sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think that as people are getting more informed and pet parent culture is becoming more prevalent, they want a professional just like you would for your human child. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So tell us a little bit about um, something we haven't really touched on is the pet nanny coach. And this is the, your business coaching that you offer. Um, what is pet nanny coach? So I am a coach at pet nanny. Um, pet nanny is owned by Colleen Cedric and she is, um, I work under her. She is the head coach. She's the, she's the leader of our pack. And so we work with businesses, um, pet sitting businesses that want to grow, either start. So we teach you how to launch and grow a business. We teach you how to multiply so that you become a six figure income. And then we have a third program, which is our scholars program, which we work on the continuing education of continually growing and making your business more successful. We have, um, we work on teaching you like how to automate your business, how to hire, how to, like I said, get clients, different ways of referrals, all that fun stuff. Um, it's a wonderful program. I was coaching this morning, so it's great. Uh, we, it's it's awesome. So if you're interested in like working with one of um, with Colleen or myself, you just go to um, Pet Nanny Coach and you can sign up and check it out. But Colleen does a lot of webinars, so if you're in our Pet Nanny community, you'll see one of us on the webinars. We do book clubs, like we have our book club tonight. And we, what books on your book club? We do books on book club, but yeah, so we're, we just read Believe It by Jamie um, Kern Lima. Ah, uh, yes. I, I just saw her speak. She was a speaker at like a virtual conference I went to last summer and she's awesome. She's amazing. I loved her book. I liked her before and it kind of uh, like cyber stalked her a little bit. Just mm-hmm. I, like the, I just, she, I find her inspirational as yes. a female entrepreneur and, you know, started her business in her, you know, in her living room, you know, because she didn't like the makeup that they had for her on camera as a journalist, you know, with her rosacea. Yeah. I just love her and I love her spirit and her and her husband are amazing. So I just finished that book, but that's what we're talking about tonight. So cool. And so for for people who are listening and don't know who that is, she's the founder of it cosmetics, which you might've seen around the shops and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But she's, she's, she's definitely worth following online because she's really awesome. She is. I mean, she started her business in her kitchen. I mean, like, like many of us, we started our business, you know, somewhere on a fluke, you know, as a side hustle or something like that. We, that's how a lot of us started our businesses. She did the same thing because she wanted a better product. And, you know, and she just sold it a couple of years ago for $1.2 billion. And I'm like, you go girl. I want to be you. Yeah, I know. Can we invent like some, some foundation and concealer for dogs and sell it for $1.2 billion? Right. Yes. So that's, that. 
yeah, so that's our book club that we're working on tonight. So that'd be fun. So I'm nice. That's yeah. awesome. So, so, you know, with the, with the business coaching and everything, it sounds like you help people get started, but it's kind of a lot of the emphasis is on scaling and growing. Um, so what, what's like one of the most common roadblocks, maybe it's a mentality or something that, that kind of prevents people from getting to the next level, whatever that next level might be for them. Fear. I would say fear. I would, fear would probably be the first one that I would say, um, they're afraid to hire. They're afraid to give up control. They're afraid to, um, have somebody else doing what they think that they only, they can do. So I would say fear. And that's, that's anything in any of most of our lives is fear holds us back from our dreams because we don't realize that once we let that fear go away, we can achieve so many things and we can become so more elevated than we already are because we're giving it, we're giving up the fear. So we're not giving into it and holding ourselves back. We're giving it up to whoever higher powers, the world, the universe, wherever you want to give it up to and stepping outside of our comfort zone and growing. And when they start growing and people start realizing that this is really what I want, they look back. A lot of our students are, our program is about a year long. So that we do. And a lot of them, we tell them when, you know, when they first start with us, I'm like, write yourself a letter. And so, and we'll open it up in a year and we'll see where you are. I said, because in a year when we, you know, end the program or, you know, move to the next level, you're going to look back and be like, I don't believe that was me. I can't believe that was the person I used to be. I've grown so much. And that's what we hear all the time. It's like, I can't believe how much I've grown. And I got out of my own head, you know, and gave, you know, gave, finally gave up my fear and just moved on. And it's amazing to watch that. And it's amazing to see people that once they stop being afraid to, to grow and stop being afraid to be the business owners that they want to be and stop being the, the business that they want or the entrepreneurs that they want to watch them just flourish. It's just like, it's like watching a flower bloom. It's beautiful. Yeah. That gives me tingles. Um, I, I think a lot of times it, we think that it's, what others are, how others are going to judge us or how others are going to think about us is what's stopping us. But it's really like all in our own heads <laughs> it is. most of the time. Mm -hmm. No, it truly is all in our own head. I really do. And half the time, if we can get out of our own heads, it's amazing what you can see happen. Yeah. And I think in the pet industry, there's just, there's so much opportunity and so much room. Like you said, you know, you found that you could make more money in the pet industry than you know, in the beauty industry or the airline industry or any other, anything else. Um, and it's probably more fulfilling. It is like, I mean, cause no offense. I mean, you walk into a house and everybody's always happy to see you. I mean, always happy to see you. There's nobody that's like depressed that you walked in the house, you walk in and everybody's just like, yay, it's just here. You know, and you just, the love is amazing. So you just, it's so but rewarding. You've got to walk in sometimes and have to immediately clean up puke though. Right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter if they're two-legged children or four-legged children. Everybody's sick and you always have to, you know, there's gross times in every, you know, every point of it. So it's not all rainbows and, and puppy dogs. There's puke. <laughs> no, there's puke. There's diarrhea. You know, there's, you know, emergencies. There's, you know, I, one of our board members was sharing on the NAPS uh, webs or on the NAPS Facebook group, you know, that we have for just the members that one of her clients um, dogs in the, <laughs> the owner, male owner likes the golf in the backyard and the golden, I think it was a golden retriever or a lab, but whatever, I think it was a lab likes to retrieve the golf balls for him, you know, and bring them back. 
Well, unbeknownst to the owners, he was also retrieving multiples at the same time, but he was swallowing one every time he would do it. <laughs> he wound up having 20 golf balls in his belt <gasps> and had to have surgery. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, I mean, and thankfully, you know, the pet sitter caught it and all that fun stuff, but these are like examples of like things that we deal with, you know, like, you know, the dog comes in. I had an old client that whenever time the owners left, they would get the dog worked up and the dog would eat things. So, and I would get there and then within 24 hours, we're in the emergency room because the last time he ate half a coat, he ate, you know how when you're working on a treadmill, you have the emergency stop thing that you're supposed to clip to yourself. So that way, if you fall, the thing, will, the treadmill will actually stop. Yeah. That he ate a couple <laughs> of hangers, you know? So yeah, to, on the third trip, you know what I mean? Within, you know, two years. And I was on my third trip to the emergency room because of the same thing that the vet was yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm just the pet sitter. I'm just bringing him in because he's, I know he's sick. You know, I mean, I'm yeah. not causing it, you know? So those are things that, you know, as maybe, a, maybe just for Christmas, drop a crate off at their house. Just like right. hint, hint, hint. <laughs> you want to use this when you leave. <laughs> that, you know, as a pet sitter, you know, that we experience when we do come into the house. So, you know, you got to be, you got to know your client and you got to know your, your, your client, which our clients are your pets. You right. know, you, you pay the bill, but our client is actually the pets. You right. know, so, you know, we have to know our clients and which that's what we do. We spend time with them and get to know them and love them. You know, they become part of our families. Well, so speaking of your fur family, tell us about Teddy, your dog and how he came into your life. I, Teddy is my little love. He's upstairs sleeping right now. Um, he is 10. Finally, I can't believe I got, he's, he's my old boy. Um, so Teddy, uh, my old landlord that I used to live um, in the city of Chicago, um, her dad um, had a litter of puppies on my birthday in 2012. And I was super excited about it. And I wasn't allowed to have pets. And um, she knew that I just loved her dad's dogs. And it was a mistake that they had a litter. He actually, he actually had two. And I was like, we got to get them fixed. And he did. But um, so I went to go see her name was going to be Stella. She was an all brown Shih Tzu that I was going to adopt. I thought she was black because I really wanted a black dog. I really am big on black animals just for the one fact that they're so hard to get adopted out and they wind up more in the shelter. So, and I always wear most of my clothing is black. So I figured it'd be perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Makes yeah. sense to me. So I went there to go drop off some blankets because Stella was six weeks old. I want to drop off some blankets. So in a couple of weeks when I got to pick her up and bring her home, that way everything smelled like mom and dad and, and her siblings and stuff to make it easier. Um, but when I went out there and met Stella, which she was adorable, I mean, she was, you know, but there was little Teddy who was born, he was 18 months and he was just wandering around. He hates puppies. I've learned that. So if you ever have a puppy or you adopt an animal and you want to know what's true age, if it's under 12 months, my dog will hate it. After 12 months, he likes everybody, but he does not like puppies. So <laughs> my dog's a really good test on telling you how old your dog is. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I watched him and I just kind of fell in love with him. And his name was Skunk at the time. So that was his first name because he was born. He had a little white patch on his head, which it disappeared, you know, after right. he grew in. But that's why they named him Skunk. And um, I talked to my Remy was the gentleman that had the puppies. And I asked him, I said, um, can I have Skunk, skunk instead of Stella? And he's like, hmm. And I'm like, Maybe, maybe not. He was 18 months, like I said at the time. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, you can have him. So I literally scooped him up and took him home that day, which is, you know, it was like eight and a half years ago. Yeah. Uh, 
that I got him. Uh, it, I remember the date. It's March 11th. I can tell you the date off the top of my head because my dad had his first heart attack that day. So I literally grabbed. Oh my gosh. Him. Yeah. My dad had his first heart attack. Um, he will tell you he did not. He will tell you he had an episode. That's what he called it. But my dad had his first heart attack. So te- I picked up. Teddy like knew. This was like the the universe at work. Well, and this is the cute part. So I had to, my parents live up in South Haven, Michigan. So it's about two and a half, three hours from here. So I grabbed Teddy, threw him in the car. I mean, I had no food for the dog. I had, I mean, he, his name was Skunk. You know what I mean? And he smelled horrible. You know, he smelled like a skunk too. Yeah. He didn't know you. You didn't know him. Nope. Didn't know anything. We literally drove three hours together (laughs) to my, to the hospital, to my parents' house on the drive up. I was doing this number, kept looking over. I'm going, how about Fred? No. Okay. How about Wilson? No. Okay. How about Henry? Okay. How about Chewy? And I just kept like giving names and he just looked at me like, lady, you're crazy. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, I got three hours to come up with a name and I couldn't, you know I mean? Like nothing was sticking. And I got to the hospital, checked in with my dad, made sure he was okay. My brother was there. My young niece and nephew at the time were there. And, um, I don't, I don't judge me any parents out there, but the Yahoo in me sent my five-year-old and six-year-old niece and nephew out to my car. Don't ask. I'm not, (laughs) you know, to go check on my new dog that I have only had for four hours at this point. Yeah, They're qualified, right? Yeah. Totally qualified. Right. You know, like let's, yeah. Once again, poor judgment on my part, I'm calling it there. But, um, my niece came back in, I'm pretty sure my sister-in-law went with them. I'm pretty sure of that one. Um, my niece came back to me and she just looked at me and she's like, I love him. He is just a teddy bear. And I'm like, and she goes, he's just my little teddy bear. He's so fluffy auntie. Cause they call me aunt boo. They're like, aunt boo. He's just so fluffy. And he's just a giant little teddy bear. So my niece named him for that. Cause that was her little teddy bear. What a good story. I love that. And he, he truly sounds like he was sent to you on that day as to be your like therapy animal. He was totally, I mean, he spent, we spent a week up there with my mom and my dad, you know, getting, you know, taking care of my mom and dad. So his first place he knew was my mom and dad's house. He never, he hadn't even been to my house yet. So I, I didn't know if he would run. I didn't know if, you know, he's never been on a leash with me. I didn't know. I didn't know anything with him. I mean, but he never, he, he was stuck to me from the get go. Like I would go out of my mom's house. They have 25 acres out in the middle of nowhere. So I would just let him out and he'd wander. If he lost track of me, he'd come running right back to me. And he's been doing that since I got him the day one. I, he's just, he's just, he was meant to be mine. He yeah. It sounds like it. It he's, sounds like it. He's just, he's the best little boy ever. I will never have a good dog like him again. You know how your first, it's your firstborn and your first dog are always your best. And then after that, you always get the one and you're like, what did I do? Yeah. This is I, not how I remembered it. Yeah. I have literally the best little boy ever. Oh, good. Well, I love that. And thank you so much for, for your time today. Unfortunately, we've talked ourselves out. We run out of time. So please tell us where people can find you online and where they can learn more about naps. So, um, you can find me on Facebook. Um, Jessica Abernathy, there's a beautiful picture of me with a mohawk. That's usually what it is. I think (laughs) I've got a longer hair version. I mean, COVID made me grow my hair out. Um, but Jessica, my Instagram page is just the Chicago girl. So, um, that's my Instagram page. And then you can find Teddy's got his own Facebook page and it's called amazing Teddy. So you're more than welcome to check him out there. And then, um, naps, you can find us with, um, at, uh, petsitters.org. That's where you can find us at naps. And then the pet nanny coach is where we do all our coaching from. Awesome. So I'm all over so, the board. 
things, so many ways to get to know you. Um, and thank you again for your time for being on the show today. No problem. Thank you. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at Team Mystic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.